This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 216. Today, our special, special guests are Corey McMahon and Kelly Martin. Corey and Kelly are both healthcare leaders, walking polarities, and twin sisters. You won't want to miss this fun episode of healthcare leaders that are all polarity-minded. Stay tuned. to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is co-host Michelle Trosett, along with Dr. Tracy Christofferson. Yep, here we are. Here at the control panels, (laughs) taking care of the world. You didn't know that, but we are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just having another fabulous day. Today, we're in northern Michigan, enjoying some sunshine. Yeah, we're recording. Recording out of Tracy's place. Yeah, we switched things up today. We're in my place. You'll see that when you watch the YouTube version of this. A little bit different. Yeah. 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 It's fun. Oh, so we had an interview today that we actually have been wanting to do for quite a while, and it actually happened. Yes. These are two amazing twin sisters Mm -hmm. that found us by chance. And it's changed their lives. It has. It has. It has. And they'll tell you that. (laughs) We'll let them tell the story. That's not just my perspective. We'll let them tell the story. But I have, it is kind of fun because I have actually gotten to um, be with them. I got Mm -hmm. to have dinner with them a couple of times. It's just been really, it's just been really fun. So if any of you out there listening (laughs) would like to get to know us better, have dinner. (laughs) Let us know where you live and if we're traveling. Yeah. Hey, we'll stop in. We will. Yeah. We don't mind. We don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just, they're great leaders and we've learned a lot about how, how incredible they are and how influential they are in their uh, organizations. Very much so. Uh, and they're on a journey and they both are leaders at Intermountain Health in Utah, which was, that's where Tracy's son lives, yeah. hence the get togethers. Yeah. And uh, they're going to share their personal experiences, having been introduced to Polarity Intelligence through our podcast, doing more learning on their own. And you're going to hear how much this has changed their life. But they um, also wanted all the listeners to know that they are representing themselves and their personal experience and not officially representing Intermountain Health. Um, 
And they have unique roles at Intermountain Health, every unique roles as friends and twin sisters. So we can't wait for you to hear this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. So I'll kick it off. I'll introduce you uh, to Corey McCann. Corey serves as the Assistant Vice President of Leadership Development for Intermountain Health. And that's a 33 hospital integrated healthcare system stretching across seven states in the Intermountain West. In her current role, Corey leads programs and initiatives to strengthen leadership talent across her organization. She's a certified PAC practitioner from Plurity Partnerships, and Corey leverages Plurity thinking to coach teams to supplement problem solving with a both and approach to achieve sustainable results over time. Corey also serves her organization as an inter internal coach and is earning her associate certified coach credential through the International Coaching Federation. In her past roles as a clinical leader, Corey managed acute and ambulatory clinical operations and led initiatives to improve treatment times for acute ischemic stroke across the healthcare enterprise, improve stroke mortality, reduce spine surgeries, supply costs, and create a consumer-centric care model for spine care. She is very, very involved in that. She's also a native Utah. 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 <laughs> and she lives into her core values of balance by taking advantage of the amazing outdoor activity opportunities in that state. So outside of work, she enjoys golfing, running, mountain biking, stand up paddle boarding, hiking with her dogs and skiing powder at Alta Ski Area with her husband of 21 years. All right. Let's meet her twin sister. Yeah. Her twin sister is Kelly Martin and her pronouns are she, her. She is a current leader at Intermountain Health, where she's a director of hospital care management over five, over five hospitals in the greater Salt Lake City area. A registered nurse since 2005, her background includes diverse clinical care management and leadership experience, including hospital acute care, women's health, home health, health plans, and population health. She holds a master's in healthcare administration from the University of Utah, David Eccles, School of Business, where she earned recognition as Outstanding Graduate, go Kelly, for the professional MHA program. She earned her bachelor's degree from the University of Utah and obtained her nursing education from Shoreline Community College in Seattle, Washington. She also holds case management certification from the Commission of Case Management Certification. Kelly enjoys volunteering in the recovery community and mentoring current and future leaders in healthcare. Her hobbies include camping, hiking, skiing, mountain biking, singing, and songwriting, and spending time with her family, two canines, her husband, and two children. You can find her every morning walking her dogs and listening to the Missing Logic podcast or other audiobooks that fill her cup as a lifelong learner. So without further ado, here is our interview with Corey and Kelly. Well, welcome, Corey and Kelly. We are so excited to have you on the show today. Yes, we are. And we're so excited to be here. So excited. Yeah, another dynamic duo <laughs> brought us, we got brought together over the airwaves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like kindred spirits. <laughs> oh, yes. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it is. And we're just, we've been looking forward to this day for a very, very long time. So welcome. And uh, let's just, let's get started with you just sharing a little bit with our listeners, really about how you got introduced to Polarity Intelligence, 
kind of where your, your uh, journey started and uh, with this new leadership competency. So Corey, why don't you go first? Oh, I love telling this story. So, and actually it came from Kelly because Kelly and I have this practice where every morning we get up, it kind of started in the pandemic, I guess. We started talking to each other between um, like 5.30 and 6.30 every morning. And we often share audiobooks or podcasts that we're listening because we're just both lifelong learners. And um, one morning she sent one, she sent me um, a link or it was a LinkedIn post um, that David Emerald um, had posted about being interviewed on this Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And so having followed David Emerald, I was really curious and I tuned into the first Missing Logic podcast on in February of 2022, so just over a year ago. And I was like, where have these women been in my whole life. So here's some people talking about complex complexities in healthcare and engaging with one of my, uh, an author that had, I'd already been transformed by. And so I just got really curious and started listening to um, the podcast kind of voraciously. I binged it for like, you know, a couple of weeks and went all the way back to the, some of the originating episodes with, um, with, Barry Johnson. And I thought, wow, I, this is really something I need to dig into and learn more about. So um, for me, that resulted in a trip to your website and then um, engaging in the Caring for Self and Caring for Others self-study program, um, because I thought, I, I, I want to learn how to incorporate this. They're talking about thriving, resilient, unstoppable leaders. And um, and I was in a place coming out of the pandemic for two years where I wasn't exactly feeling thriving and resilient and unstoppable. And I wanted to be that. And so that, that kind of started my journey. Um, and I can share more about that, but I want to turn it over to Kelly as well. Yeah. Great. Let's hear from you, Kelly. Well, yeah, well, I, you know, again, I, I listened to the podcast. I saw the link, the link from uh, David Emerald's LinkedIn and thought, well, I'm going to go take a listen to this and everything um, around you know, that dynamic tension to your di dynamic balance, dynamic balance um, was just really speaking my language. And plus being you being from the Midwest, my family grew up there and it was like sitting at the kitchen table with my aunts playing pinochle, listening to you laugh and giggle and have a good time, all the while talking about things that are really uh, challenging and uh, difficult for us to get through as healthcare leaders. I was really coming out of, um, I was in a really interesting place because I was finishing my master's degree. It was a very um, rapid, one of those periods in my life that was just rapid cycle, lots of growth. Um, I Right after I started my master's program, I grew into my first real leadership opportunity. And that beget a lot more opportunities that were just, it was just learning growth. And I was really focused on me, um, which was new for me. And we might talk about that a little bit better about where we sit in our uh, preference polls around caring for self and caring for others. 
but I was really focused on me and, and also seeing some of the, you know, some of the downsides when we over-focus on ourselves, when you have a family and you have all these other things that you're trying to juggle and multiple plates to spin at the same time. So it was just really refreshing for me to hear a framework. And it was almost, um, I just, uh, it's like a breath of fresh air and gave me a, a lot of relief from a lot of the anxiety that I was feeling about trying to juggle so many things at once and kind of coming at peace with it. Like, yeah, we're it's dynamic balance. It's not, we're going to find one thing and stick to it forever. It's all about that um, navigating those tensions every day. Every day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for the introduction. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we all started out with our polarity lens on and mine were steaming up because this conversation is <laughs> already getting so good and hot. So we can take them off and put our real glasses on. <laughs> well, what a great intro. And we're just thrilled that you really discovered us, you know, through the podcast and through mutual uh, acquaintance that we all really respect, uh, David mm -hmm. Emerald. So what a great story. And what we love about you both is how passionate you are about this and how committed you are to really, you know, applying this competency to yourself, both personally and professionally. And we'd love for you to share with your our listeners, you know, just a few examples of how you have applied polarity intelligence professionally. And Kelly, let's start with you with some examples. Sure. So I have about two two good concrete examples where um, I really got out a map and worked with um, teams on a couple of things. And one of those, I was pretty early being introduced to you and I was reading Barry Johnson's book and um, learning about mapping out these polarities. And we had just come through, I helped lead a team through um, a very rigorous uh, NCQA accreditation on quality. So there was so much, lots of focus on quality and doing quality work. And they really rose above and did an amazing job. Um, and then the other, the other challenge with that was uh, the productivity side. Um, we needed to grow in our productivity and there was a lot of tension there. Um, we focused so much on the quality poll that uh, we weren't, it was hard to help move people through um, what their what solutions might look like, so that we could impact more patients and see more people, and um, you know set more goals for more people to um, help them thrive as as patients in our communities. Um, and we we mapped it out, you know, and and it was really a nice dialogue about um, you know what. What are the upsides? And everyone, it was really easy for them to feel the upsides of quality because we were, we were really heavily focused on that. A little harder to dig into the upsides of productivity because that felt really, um, really challenging. But as we talked through it and dialogued about it, they really created their own map and could mm -hmm. start to see a way through that. I ended up getting a promotion because <laughs> I was getting at the tail end of my master's program. Um, so I didn't get to see them through, but I did because I, I still work with that team and was able to watch them grow. And they did. And it's been really incredible to watch. Um, but that was that was a really fun way to um, use polarity mapping and dialogue. 
the second thing that you know we've really had to navigate, and I think it's really that new um, thing that we're we've all been really trying to balance with COVID is um, is uh, in person and remote, mm-hmm. and finding a third way. And what does a hybrid team look like? Um, we've done some work in my current team about doing that. Um, it, we found, uh, you know, looking into the national research, so many people just leaving healthcare and they're leaving healthcare altogether. The people who quit post during the pandemic and immediately post uh, pandemic, um, you know, McKinsey ha- did some good work on uh, and some surveys through that on, on that as well. And what can we do to help people? What do they want? And understanding what people want in their lives. And they want balance. They want to be able to come to work and love what they do. And they want to be able to go home. And they want to be able to make these things work together. Um, so that's been another thing that's been really fun is to work through um, bringing teams into sort of into more hybrid environments. Um, It was also part of trying to help retain people that wanted to have more flexibility and figuring out how to use technology to get us there. And it's always dialogue. It's always moving um, because you uh, you encounter, um, you know, that when we're in hospitals in particular, everything's so personal. And we you know, that's how we demonstrate our care and that we're close to people. And so you're always working through some of those concerns about having people doing work that's remote. But when there's a lot of work, um, and my my background is in case management, so you're talking with so many external stakeholders and people outside in the community to help orchestrate a safe discharge plan. Um, so a lot of work can be done remotely on a phone and using all of our our glorious tools of technology. Um, so I think those are probably the two most concrete examples where we have a map. I have a map. A, there's a polarity map in the project plan. And it's really exciting for me when when people see that and and they light up. And I've had some experiences like that where this is such a great, this is so great. I This makes so much sense to me. I, I couldn't see it. It's like being able to see the um the you know it you feel these tensions and to be able to put it in a box and see it is is has been really powerful for for some people that have been exposed to it those are great examples and you know they've always been here they'll always be here in the future and i think i love how you just brought it forward in a real situation we all went through um, and then we'll hopefully be able to hold on some of those action plans as we you know move on uh, as healthcare continues yeah. to change to or change them as we need to. So thanks. Yeah, it's great. Corey, how about you? What are some professional examples you've encountered? Well, or have oh, with? well, every day it's always running around in my head. I'm, I listen to conversations and I, I'm like, oh, that's one perspective. There's another perspective that's missing. And and when you see those passions of people kind of afraid of losing something that they value and um it always it always strikes in me you know i'm asking those internal questions but where i first used this was in the um in person remote um polarity just because i had a team that had 
before the pandemic had not been intended to be a remote team or even hybrid. They went to the facilities every day to do their work. And um, that even meant long commutes for some people. And, um, you know, the pandemic was a challenging but quick shift that everybody took. And then two years later, as things were starting to open up in the hospitals and we had caregivers coming back to work, um, I was concerned that we might start seeing some some challenges just you know because of the different perspectives you have clinicians that my team was supporting um but and they don't have a choice they have to show up every day and so really wanting to walk through with them what it what was valuable in both um work context. and uh, so that was my first opportunity to facilitate a team through um the remote and in-person polarity, and and people came up with the the their uh, their early warning signs, and they knew they knew exactly, and it was really clear what everyone's preference poll was at this point in two years in the the pandemic, and um, so it's it's fun because it's a little harder to think about the the. Um, the downsides of the poll that is preferred, but then, you know, engaging in a safe conversation and dialogue and people sharing, ah, but when I go into the facility and I'm in person, it's actually a little bit easier for me to build the relationships with people one-on-one when they see me showing up there with them in the work. Um, and when I'm at home, I'm so productive if I'm doing data stuff and I'm, I have to be like, you know, super focused, I don't have all these distractions. So it really enabled them each to identify what's my personal action plan that's going to help me um, leverage this polarity really well to achieve my greater purpose, which was, you know, exceptional care and the processes there over the the quality of the processes. And um, they, it, it meant that people could have some individual choice in how they architect you know, as, as being architects of their their own workflows, and when do I come in person? When do I um, when do I do virtual work? And they each could identify their own early warning signs. So it would be different. They're all in different facilities, so mm-hmm. they could identify different early warning signs. We're going to look different, um, but then share that with each other and learn from it. Um, so that was, you know, that was you know, just to tag on to what Kelly was talking about, and it's still highly relevant today. Um, today, I'm in, in a pretty much 100% remote team, which is a, a change for me too. So I'm like, today, I actually went into um, one of our facilities where I have a, a touchdown space just to see some people, you know, so I love it. I have to think about, about my early warning signs every day as well. And then another, you know, just a really solid business example, I think, is internal sourcing and external sourcing. It's really easy for us to say, oh, we should just outsource and, you know, get a vendor to provide the service. Um, and then you have people say, no, but we have so much knowledge. We should uh, we should focus on yeah. internal sourcing. And I had to I had the opportunity to walk through. Uh, one of my teams in in, tele, in the telehealth space around, um, you know, trying to create more, you know, using a polarity map to to envision how we could move forward with with some real um, labor challenges, honestly. But it, it was a really great example to engage the work of polarity intelligence there. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's always in my head. But uh, whenever I see see the opportunity to bring it forward with a group at work, it's it's um, 
it's it always brings really great insights for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I noticed both of you mentioned is dialogue. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, we often think mm. about just identifying the polarities, right? And, and I love that it's like in the forefront of your mind, right? And you're looking for them all the time. Like you're, you're able to just see them because you know what they are and you can recognize them. But it's another thing to engage in the conversation about them because we're talking about perspectives that can be contradictory to each other or opposing to each other. And you can't, you can't engage in meaningful, uh, you know, in meaningful application of leveraging polarities if you don't have healthy relationships as a foundation and be able to engage in that dialogue. And I, I know if there's anything more you wanted to say about, about dialogue and how that supported you. Well, that's, you know, that's exactly it. And having mapped it out, then we could engage in the dialogue when we we're seeing the early warning signs. So, you know, you know, for example, it's not a one and done. It's not like, oh, I, we mapped it and now we're done. It just gives you a framework to come back to when you start seeing um, that you might be over-focusing on one to the neglect of the other. Um, and, you know, sometimes people don't even see that there's another perspective. And so right. to have a tool to to bring that out and engage safely in dialogue has been really valuable. Yeah. Kelly, anything you want to add? No, I think, um, you know, Corey uh, put it really well. And, you know, the thing I can say too, is I come at it too. I come at things with my own preference poll and that's been learning for me too, to be able to step away and do some perspective taking um, you know, I come in and think I'm right. I've got it figured out. I've looked at it all and I'm not, I don't know. Uh, you know, and, and it's about sitting down and listening and taking, taking those perspectives. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm growing and learning right along with everybody else. Yeah. And yeah. so are we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, you know, you don't get there. Okay. <laughs> You're always growing and learning. And I think it's just a great segue into preference polls. Right. And, and you can have an accurate perspective, but it can also be incomplete, right? Mm -hmm. If there is an interdependent perspective um, that, you know, is coupled with the one that you have. And so we just want to, we know that sometimes you each hold a different preference poll, just like Michelle and I were walking polarity, like the two of you, and it can be really, really challenging, right? And it's not that you don't value the other perspective. It's just that you tend to act, behave, and come from the perspective that you value more, right? Mm -hmm. And, or that you have a preference for. And um, so um, how does this show up for you guys <laughs> sometimes in your life as sisters, friends, work colleagues? And, and um, Corey, why don't you go first and share a little bit about that? Well, I think the, the, the ultimate polarity where this shows up for Kelly and I, Kelly told me if you disagree, is caring for self and caring for others. I am, you know, I definitely have a preference pull for caring for self. And, you know, I really developed that early in nursing school because I recognized how, how much it was going to take to give in that context. I knew I wanted to be an ICU nurse. And somehow early on, I said, I have got to take care of me. And so I really, you know, doubled down on that. I think early on, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go, you know, to the chapel and meditate on my shift and take 20 minutes away from the unit. I 
am going to go eat lunch. Yes, I know everybody else is eating lunch out in the unit in front of the monitors. I think that they're going to be okay for 20 minutes so I can step away. I, you know, and I think that that just um, embedded itself in my life in a lot of, a lot of different ways. And um, so, and how this shows up with Kelly and me sometimes is um, when we do activities together. So like skiing, for example, I, I, I go skiing and I'm like, this is my self-care. This is my time. And so I'm like, I, you know, I get out there and I, I know the resort and Kelly's a great skier too. I'm not saying you're not a great skier, Kelly, <laughs> but I'll be <laughs> out in front. I'm like, okay, all right. And then she'll, she'll catch up to me and I'm like, okay, let's go. And so if I had a, if I can focus on others, maybe I would stop and like, let her catch her breath too. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of self-focused in that that moment and ready to, you know, get the powder run. So I'm like, let's go. Um, and so, and I'm just in awe when I watch Kelly and how giving she is to others. And, um, I, I'm really fortunate to have a model so that when I'm over-focused on self, I can actually look to Kelly as a mentor and how can I be more others-focused. How about you, Kelly? <laughs> well, I yeah, and I think that it shows up, um, you know, caring for others, and it, it's really similar also to balancing personal life and professional life. And you know, one example, Corey, um, it was a Friday afternoon. She she was wrapped up for her day. She's like, I got a tea time. I'm like, great, that sounds great. Three o'clock. I can probably be wrapped up by then. Oh, and let me just pause because it was your idea to get the tea time. Let me just remind okay. you. <laughs> So I was like, okay, that's I love it. We should go and um I should do that for me. And then as I was sitting there, well, a couple of things happened. I realized I forgot um to take care of myself with with proper attire. Um some rain was coming and I forgot a little jacket and I knew I would be cold. And and then there were some other work projects that um that's you know, when you're working in healthcare, at the end of the day, it's all about caring for others. <laughs> so I I called Corey. I'm like, I can't. And I did, it was just this feeling. I, I can't go. I can't go golf, even though it was my idea. And I really wanted to take care of myself and us because that's the other piece is caring for each other. And you've got some posts, some podcasts that are that series that one caring for self, caring for others and caring for each other. And I think that's part of what Corey and I have done with each other our entire lives. Um, yeah. because we, we help each other check into those spots and we're the same and we're different. And that's, um, you know, I think a really, uh, you know, interesting dynamic to grow up with, uh, with an identical twin. You're always, people are always thinking you're the same and you're different. We were always trying to, um, really carve out our own paths for ourselves. And yet the universe would bring us to, to the same thing. We literally called each other on the same day to tell each other we made the decision to go to nursing school. It wasn't something, you know, this was back before I even had a cell phone. So, you know, we would maybe talk <laughs> once, you know, every two, one to two weeks and we lived in different states and like, yeah, I'm going to go to nursing school. Really? Me too. And so it wasn't something that we had really explored together, but explored individually. And, and it was leading us in that path. 
Um, but yeah, so I canceled, uh, long story short, I canceled my golf date with my sister um, and felt a little guilty about that, but I was caring for others. It, it was, it was a very complex um, situation to master. <laughs> there were multiple polarities, polarities at play. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure there I were. I did some work stuff, get it done so yeah. I could, you know, enjoy my weekend. Yeah. 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 Well, and again, right, this is dynamic. dynamic. And sometimes you're pulled and you have to give attention to the poll, even, you know, and and um you can't always give 50-50 attention. Hmm. And you have to just recognize what has to be the priority in the moment and take the actions, but not let go, right? Like so you did golf eventually, I'm sure. Yes, I did golf. Yeah. And I, I love knew. it. Just not that day. <laughs> just not just that, not day. that day. The yeah, next day yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. You know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta establish the priority. What's going to make the biggest difference right now. And then, you know, how can I make time for this leisurely activity at another time in the near, very, very near future so that I can maintain that, that other pole, right? It's all about the maintenance. Well, and I, yeah, I like sure. how, you know, it's not 50, 50, um, you know, fair mm. isn't equal. Um, equality and equity are different things. And, you know, we've learned that through, you know, examining disparities in healthcare that um, it's not you give everybody exactly the same thing. You give, you give the focus what it needs at the time. And so balancing um, these areas and, uh, you know, as a, as a mom also and, and caring for your kids and I've got a teenager and that's new and I'm learning about that how how to give independence and also be available because they think they don't need you but when they need you they need you right now <laughs> and um and some of those are really golden moments that um that I don't want to miss I I don't want to miss those golden moments as my kids are growing because I don't get that back and no it, don't and e each day that goes by I'm I'm reminded as they grow that oh yeah that was that was so yesterday <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's so true, though. But, you know, so the thing is, for people that don't understand this or don't know this, right, they give everything all the time to others. And they don't recognize, right, where that that they don't have the early warning signs or they have them, they ignore them. They don't know that this is, you know, a, a predictable pattern. And, um, you know, where, you know, okay, I can make this choice and then I can also do something to protect and to honor the other pole, whatever it is, right. If we're talking about self and other professional life, personal life, you know, you know, that you need to maintain something in that other pole and not just drop it all together. And so you can make some periodic decisions that aren't necessarily, you know, um, unipolar. They're a choice, but it's not a unipolar choice, right? You have that awareness and it makes all the difference when you do. And having the perspective that when we're, when we're needing to focus on one area, uh, it, that it's not going to be forever. And, right. you know, I, I, I'll just say this really honest, honestly with some vulnerability. My marriage was really struggling during that time when I was in my master's program and accelerating my career just trying to balance all of those things. And there were times when I was like, this is just, we're just not going to make it. And mm -hmm. if there was any advice I would have, it was like, if you're in a period of, 
you're really focusing on something very intense and you want to change everything all at once, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait and get through that time, that period, and and then look at things with a different perspective and, and see where you're at. And I'm really glad that I did that. Because yeah. things are really great right now in my personal life. So. Yeah. And my yeah, marriage is healthy and my kids are thriving. And um, that, you know, it, it took some work to get there. But um, yeah, just, just wait. We can, it's okay to pause. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And then it's also fun even to share polarities at a small, you know, at a micro level with those around you when you're in those situations. Like we, Tracy and I call it the back of the napkin. Like if you're discovering in your talk, in your conversation, what your tensions are, it doesn't have to be, you have to understand everything. Let's just kind of talk through this, have that dialogue. And it's like, oh, so even those little moments like that, having this wisdom um, I have found have been really helpful as well. Yeah. It just puts the lens to the situation. Right. And, um, and I love that you said that because really that's a stability and change polarity, yes. right? Yep. And yep. when we're implementing too much change at once and we don't maintain significant enough stability, 100% guaranteed where you're going to end yeah. up with that, right? Yeah. So you always have to be thinking about, you know, if I'm going to take on this change, what else is going to remain stable and will it be a stable enough to sustain me and keep me moving towards that greater purpose, right? That both of these things will give me. And uh, when we change too much, there's not enough. Or sometimes we don't recognize what is stable, right? We just get sucked up in all the change and our attention is on all the change and we're not consciously recognizing, wait a minute, there are some things that are stable in my life, right? There are some things that I can hang on to that are anchors for me because that's what you're looking for is an anchor in the storm, right? The thing that's going to keep you grounded so that you don't, you know, your boat just doesn't go right off into the, the sunset, right? So, or capsize because it's too much, right? There's too much turmoil around you, so. And stability and change is just such a relevant, oh, it's so big in healthcare, Um, You know, when I started kind of thinking through this lens, I could really appreciate more um, having, you know, sat at at, um, an enterprise level in my role, we would have these initiatives that we wanted to roll out. We were super excited about them. They were going to change care. They were going to innovate. And, you know, you forget in your excitement about this opportunity for this new future that the people that have to implement that change are also getting change from multiple, multiple directions. And so, um, you know, I think back to conversations I had around these tensions, you know, three or four years ago compared to what the last year has looked like and how it's felt for me. It's, it's a a release to be able to go in there and recognize and honor those different perspectives and, and find that way together. Because at the end of the day in healthcare, how fortunate that we are, that we have such an important purpose to align our work around. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Kelly, for both of you for sharing that. And Kelly, thank you for sharing your, your personal story Mm -hmm. because it's just really, um, it's really powerful. And the polarities are everywhere. We say that all the time. They're not, they're everywhere. 
they're in your professional life, they're in your work life. And, you know, you two have something really unique with having that common understanding and that common language, which could really makes a difference mm-hmm. uh, as well. And we always say that once you see this intelligence, once you understand it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> Right. You can't unsee it once you got it. And um, it really you can't ignore it. And it really becomes you and how you think and how you see the world and how you really honor those different perspectives and how, you know, it is what makes you a thriving leader as well. And, uh, you know, Corey, great uh, comment about healthcare right now. And we know it can be sometimes challenging to bring a new competency or a new way of thinking into anything, especially when we think about how complex healthcare is. But with your experience, just what gives you the greatest hope when you even think about having polarity intelligence would be a norm for healthcare leaders and healthcare organizations? What kind of hope does that give you? And Corey, let's start with you. I think the hope that I have is, um, you know, when I've been able to enter conversations with this frame myself, um, people are hungry for a new way of thinking about problems because what we've applied over and over again keeps us cycling in this, you know, this cycle of frustration. Hey, we solved that problem and here it is again. And so people are people are hungry for a different way to approach these um really adaptive challenges, which are full of polarities everywhere. And so, you know, I have a lot of hope because it's a, it's been a simple tool that I could apply to, you know, these really complex and ambiguous situations and see um, a greater purpose for it. And I see, especially in leaders, they're hungry for it. And, um, you know, Kelly mentioned earlier too, when she brings this to people, their, their eyes open up and they like, oh, wow, there's, there's a different way. And so I'm seeing that a lot. And um, I, uh, that gives me a lot of hope. Great. Gives me hope too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, how about you? Yeah, I think, you know, what Corey said about um, looking for a different way, because we're really good at solving problems in in healthcare we're we're really good at it we um you know we have our a3s and we have our um we have our fishbone diagrams and we do our root cause analysis and you know we get at the heart of it and we execute and we measure we measure everything we measure our outcomes um and and we're baffled when the problem comes up again and you know recruitment and retention that's my favorite. And you're, you talk about that in your podcast all the time, favorite of healthcare leaders. Um, and, and I think there, it, it provides a, an opportunity that there's a third way. There's this other uh, way of um, thinking about our problems that um, isn't going to overfocus on one to the neglect of the other. And as you, know, as you continue to dialogue about this, and it is, it's that hope, it's that um, lighting up of, oh, this is something I can, I can add this, um, this perspective and this intelligence to the problems I'm, I'm trying to solve. Because even if it's a pretty directive problem that you want to solve, um, recognizing that the polarities that might be impacting, polarities that might be impacting the path to solve that problem 
helps you work around that and helps you, what is really within my influence of control? What's in my span of control? Um, and, and the focus too of really learning to take care of ourselves in healthcare. And, you know, that, that's a big culture shift. And I think we're, we're really making steps in that direction. Um, at least in our organization, we have a lot of focus on, you know, caregiver safety and caregiver well-being and helping people um, own their own self-care and giving people the tools to do that. Um, and I think the, the call for leadership is to also act in the way that we're, is to walk the walk. And that means carving out my little morning routine and, and knowing that that, that period of time between 4.15 and about six o'clock before Corey and I call each other and share podcasts um, <laughs> is, is for me. That's, that's my time yeah. to um, meditate, read good things. Um, I don't have any other time during the day that's, that's focused on that. It really sets up my routine um, for, for thriving. And I, you know, I've just listened to your episode on leadership hacks and I was like, yep, that's, that has been a very good hack for me is setting up that morning routine. Do you uh, meditate for 20 hours? Like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody meditates like Michelle does. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. I was listening to that and I was gardening. I was pulling weeds. <laughs> I was pulling weeds and you said 20 hours and here I am sweating, pulling my weeds. Like, boy, would I love to meditate for 20 hours. <laughs> I was trying to no pull doubt. weeds before the thunderstorm came to my house. <laughs> it was a good laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, they all are. <laughs> they all are. Oh, geez. Oh, well. You know, thanks so much, really, for for sharing that. And you give us hope, right? Mm-hmm. That leaders like you are out there. You're listening. You're not just listening and saying, "Oh, wow, that's interesting," but you're saying, "Wow, this is something. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to make it. You know, I'm going to apply it in my life." And you've just been amazing. You've just been amazing. And so, thank you for being here today and and sharing with everybody. And we're getting now to the missing questions. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Now I have had the privilege of being with you ladies twice now in Utah. I've just, um, you live near where my son lives. So I've been making a, uh, you know, an appointment, (laughs) a dinner appointment, (laughs) but, and our, our listeners got to know a little bit more about you on the personal side, but you know, we spent a lot of time talking also about how you're applying this professionally. So the missing questions are really about how they can get to know you, um, kind of the dynamic twin duo a little bit more. They're not questions aren't going to be anything that you can't handle. So just relax. Um, we have three of them. I'm going to do two. And then Michelle's going to close things out with a third. But let's get started. Here's the first one. And, um, and Kelly, you can go first this time. So what do you admire most? about Corey as a sister friend? Everything. No, I just, I admire her, her commitment to her health. Um, Corey is a tremendous athlete. I mean, not only is she a wonderful, you know, an incredible leader, 
in her professional life, um, a compassionate person. She's a great listener. Um, but she's just really inspiring. Like I've, I'm like, I'm never going to get to that level that, that she's able to dedicate to her athleticism. And I just admire it. Um, I try to keep up on the ski slopes. Um, but she, you know, she keeps me inspired to, um, keep getting after it. And, you know, when I'm slacking off on my, my strength training, she reminds me that as we get, um, closer to 50, it's important for us to keep our muscles strong. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, and, and I think that's a, that she cares for herself. Um, you know, it shows and, and that is a really inspiring attribute for me. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. All right, Corey, your turn. What do you admire most about Kelly? Oh, so much. I, I admire, um, how, beautifully courageous she is with her voice in in her professional life um it, it's you know when you talk about diplomacy and candor you know that that polarity she she leverages that so beautifully and and really elevates others in in her ability to you know deliver uh candid messages and share her truth. And so professionally, I, I really admire that. And then, but just in life, I, you know, I, I didn't have kids and I have such, oh, I'm going to get a little teary. Sorry. <laughs> I have okay. so much admiration for how she shows up for her family and, and, and balances, you know, the personal professional life. But, you know, I've just watched her walk through some amazing um, things with her kids and with such grace and courage and, and beauty. I, it's just really, it's an honor to be a part of. And I, I just really admire that. Aww. Well, they're really Aww. lucky to have the coolest aunt in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they are. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, question number two. Let's imagine you each come back in another lifetime and you are not a nurse. What would you be professionally? Corey, you go first. Um, well, I have been in the process of reinventing the next 20 years. <laughs> so I I would come back as um as a coach, because that's what I'm trying to develop myself uh, as a, a new competency and how I show up as a leader. And, you know, maybe I'd be Ted Lasso. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I love Ted Lasso. And so, you so know, <laughs> you're coaching and you know, athleticism. <laughs> that's great. All right, Kelly, your turn. Well, I have to back up because my kids have two two really cool aunts, and so I just want to say that. But you know, Corey's super cool. But I, you know, we have an older sister who's really awesome too. So, um, um, what would I come back as? Um, you know, and I think these questions are: if I had all the time and all the resources, right? All, all everything was like lined up and um, and sure. ready. Um, 
I think I'd be some kind of a storyteller. And um, I, you know, I love to tell, I, I love telling stories. Um, you know, I have, and maybe, maybe Corey and I will tell some stories together. Maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe I'll write in my, in my future. But um, I used to, before I came into healthcare, I, I was a, I was a perform, a vocal performance major. I um, finished my, uh, my first go at what do I want to be when I grow up was, um, was a singer. And um, being able to tell tell stories and impact people and um, touch people in profound ways um, w- was really powerful. And, and even when I was up on a stage doing that, it was because of how it made other people feel. They felt good. They felt, um, you know, people felt um, riveted by the story or by what they were listening to. Um, so it, you know, all time and resources and stars aligned. Um, maybe I would have, uh, you know, anchored more into um, the artistic side of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's great. That is really Love wonderful. It. Yeah, a coach and a storyteller. <laughs> yeah, coaches and storytellers. <laughs> okay, Amazing. so now it is time for the wrap up question. And you guys know what's coming. <laughs> we always uh, close our podcast uh, with having people recognize that, um, you know, polarities are interdependent pair of values or points of view that sometimes seem opposite, opposing, conflicting, but they need each other over time. And we do have a preference poll, as we've talked, had several great examples of this mm-hmm. interview. So I'm going to share a polarity with you. And I want each of you mm-hmm. just to share your preference poll. And the polarity is structure and flexibility. Flexibility. <laughs> flexibility. Flexibility for me, too. Oh, oh right. We're, maybe we're not the polarity twins. <laughs> <laughs> That's one area where the, we're the same, not different. <laughs> That's that great. happens. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yeah, sure. Sure. That absolutely happens. Yeah. And yeah. I can appreciate structure. Oh, oh boy, do I appreciate it. And those in my on my team and in my life who have a preference pull for structure, I appreciate them so much. And I I need that support. So I can have a model so I can build it in, but definitely flexibility. <laughs> yeah and and you need i mean both both are essential both are mm-hmm. essential and the the structures that you know we put in place and especially in healthcare when you put that when you have the right structures in place it really allows you to flourish and allows your creativity to to go you know it, it, it's all just you know flexible in every which way, um, you don't get to your greater purpose. But having some of those parameters and the right types of structures in place um, really can lead to a place where um, you can be more creative and, and the mm-hmm. flexibility um, has direction and, and focus and you need both. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I, I was, go ahead. Oh, it's like our morning routine. Like there's a structure, but it doesn't, sometimes I start with meditation. I, sometimes I start with reading. Mostly I start with meditation 
you know, where the call with Kelly happens, that changes. There's some exercise in there, you know, but there's the, the structure of the time. And then sometimes that flexes with the needs of the day. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I was just thinking about we've been we've interviewed a couple of um, individuals on improv lately, and even improv has structure. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Right. So you know, um, it's a both and. It's always a both both and. and. I'm a structure gal, so I'll I'll work with all three of you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I need it. It's not easy for me. Happy to help. And you appreciate it. It's like, oh, there's her structure coming out again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's <yeah>. Michelle. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you know, I mean, that's what makes the world go wrong. Yeah, right. Right. You got strengths in different ways and per- different perspectives. And that's, that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to be. If we were all the same, it'd be awful. Right. We got to have the contrast to appreciate. Yeah. Opposing perspectives, well, boy, music right? is such a great example, too, because, you know, th- that flexible creativity. But when I was in music school, you're, you're you know, it's all about the structures. It's a, you're learning mm-hmm. the structures. And when you put all these different structures together, you create this beautiful thing. So, yeah, it's yeah. a great analogy. Yeah, I love it. Oh, you guys, we have to have you back again someday. <laughs> oh, we will. I will. We I will. have no doubt. No doubt. Thank you oh, so I gotta much. I got to get more stories written. And then, you know, then you can have someone published or something. <laughs> 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 but really, uh, I mean, you have such incredible guests on your show, you know, published leaders. And I just, I am this humble leader in, in healthcare, you know, doing the best that I can. I'm really honored that you'd invite Corey and I to participate in your show. Oh, Oh, well, you're so welcome. You're very welcome. And we have high regards for both of you. Believe me. Oh yes. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dynamic duos. Put those lens back on. All right. Okay. I've got my, my missing logic blue. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, changing the world one polarity at a time. <laughs> thanks for being here. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in again to this incredible episode with our dear, dear friends, Kelly and Corey. So we'll see you next time. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye. enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.